TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. Netflix has debuted and has premiered today a show called My Unorthodox Life. So we have some Orthodox men and women to discuss what Orthodox life is like as opposed to my unorthodox life. So Rabbi Avi Shafran, Director of Communications for Good Israel of America, and Rifki Finder is a CEO of Finder Grant. She's an activist involved with so many different Jewish organizations and is happy to be Orthodox. So welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And us. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Zev. Thank you. Great article, Rabbi Avi Shafran. You had an article in the Washington Post and elsewhere dealing with this issue. So in your professional opinion, is the media just looking to pick up all these anti-Orthodox stories and just go with it? And we have from unorthodox, my unorthodox life. You have a whole series of them coming out and they're getting a lot of media attention, a lot of sensationalism. Well, thanks for your kind words. And there's no question that the media is interested in, uh, you know, stories that titillate and um, get people upset, you know, and and, uh, outrage them. And there are enough people out there who have had, and I don't judge them, but they've had negative experiences with their from communities and it's left them. They approach uh, the entertainment industry and say, I've got a story to tell, and it puts religious Jews in a bad light, but I, I want to tell my story. You know, they'll grab at it like they would, you know, uh, if it were a different religion also, I think. it's a, There's a general uh, anti-religious sentiment out there. When you have a personal story that's compelling, especially if it's a, a success story like this one, like success defined as society uh, defines it, they'll jump at it. It's it's understandable, but it's lamentable. And it's a story about a woman who left the Haredi world and became big success in the fashion world, married a non-Jewish person, and... So that's what gives it, I guess, extra oomph because you put glamour, fashion, religion, and you got a winning formula. Yeah, the trifecta. You got it. Hi. So, Rifke, let me ask you this. You, first of all, you're an Orthodox woman, and I guess you can call the Haredi woman. The titles are very loosely defined by the media. But um, are you unhappy with your unorthodox life? With your orthodox life, I should say. Right. So, so I'm here to speak up that I am proud to be an Orthodox Jewish woman. I am happy with my life. We are not oppressed. Um, I, you know, I actually knew Julia growing up, Talia. And that's the person that's who was part of the documentary. It's based on her, Julia, who grew up in Rockland County. Right. And you were together in the same class in Beis Yaakov, correct? Well, not in the same class. She was three years older than me in Beis Yaakov, but I remember her. She was head of dance. She was, she, she had flair. She was very sweet. She was very petite, you know, talented. Um, I always remember her with a smile. You know, I remember her differently. And then, you know, her family, lovely family. Her mother was my was my math teacher with a heavy Russian accent because they came from Moscow. Um, just really lovely people from what I recall. But I'm saying that at this point, whatever her story is and the way it's coming across in the media from anything that I've read or watched is that she seems to be trying to say that she's a spokesperson or she's, you know, a symbol or a victim. And she's talking about all these other ultra-Orthodox. First of all, I, I hate all the different names, but I don't consider she wasn't ultra-Orthodox. She wasn't Hasidic. Her, you know, father didn't wear a strimal. They were Orthodox. And then as she, you know, got married, and I saw a little bit, you know, when she was married and later in life, so she, she became a bit more modern. You know, that's just how, you know, obviously till she, till she left. You know, I, I recall seeing her. But 
that's not who the rest of us would like to be identified with. And I don't appreciate the way she's describing as if, you know, how we feel. And there are many Orthodox women who are successful, those who want to, you know, be at home or at home. But there are many, many professionals in the Orthodox world who are doctors or lawyers or therapists or anything, or, you know, working world. And I don't, you know, certainly I was never blocked from anything. The way she says, you know, only to have babies. We're less than. I'm not less than anyone. You know, that whole, the whole concept, the way she's portrayed. And obviously, if that's how she felt, okay, that's, that's her, her story to tell how she feels, how she felt. But not to portray that that's how the vast majority of Orthodox women feel. That's my issue. Well, it's an important issue. But let me ask you this question, both of you. So why is the media so insistent about putting on these kinds of stories. It used to be there was a time I was discussing with Rabbi Shaffron off the microphone that years ago you had Hasidim and Haredim portrayed a little differently. They were glamorous. You had, for example, A Stranger Among Us, which was portrayed in a very wonderful light, uh, the community, and even had them, you know, with the fashionable Hasidim. It was, it was chic. What happened that now all of a sudden it's time to bash the Hasidim and the Haredim? They, and the, by the way, they look at it, Haredim and Hasidim were all the same. Well, I think a lot of it has to do simply with the fact that they're they're being approached by people who have these stories to tell. And again, I don't think any of us should judge these people as individuals. They had their experiences, they made their choices, and that's not really the issue. The issue is that the, the portrayal is being portrayed as uh, as the norm, which it is not. And what's absent totally are portrayals of people who have uh, come from other places and and come to orthodoxy and are satisfied and happy and living what they consider to be much more meaningful lives than they did before. And their stories are not told. It's a shame because I, th- I wish some of them would come forth and, and pitch to Netflix or whoever it might be. Now, I've got a story to tell, too, and it's a really interesting one about how I went from being, uh, you know, whatever it was before I became from and how I have now something that is much more meaningful to me, even if it's uh, uh, less lucrative or less... Uh, a sexy, so to speak, to to use the term that they use. So, are you um, saying, Rabbi Shaffron, that the from community is like the Israeli government? They don't know how to portray itself in a great light in a PR. They're lacking in PR savvy. I, I mean, we have plenty of savvy people in in, in the from community, but uh, you know what I'm looking looking for are individuals who have a, a personal compelling story to tell as individuals and who don't mind their story being told. I, I think such people, for the most part don't want their story told. They're not interested in revisiting the past. They, they don't have any, they don't have vengeance on their mind. They're not interested in getting back at, at the non-film upbringing that they had. Uh, and they're happy where they are. When people are happy where they are, they don't generally try to, you know, push themselves on into the public Forgive eye. me for wishing to, to differ respectfully. So as somebody who interviews tons of people, some of my most interesting stories are either converts to Judaism, people who've come to Judaism from different walks in life, from the Prince of Swaziland to people I just had on, Gabriel Sanders, the former Christian missionary to the Jews. There are plenty of great stories out there, yeah. but nobody's there pitching them to indeed, Hollywood. Yeah. They are indeed. And, you know, I, I just, the, the, the uh, movers and shakers in the entertainment industry uh, for whatever reason, are either not being pitched those stories or they're turning them down. I don't know which one it is. You know, if, if, uh, if these p- people are pitching their stories and they're not being picked up, that's a, that's a big problem. But I suspect that uh, most of the people who have, you know, you, you've used examples of, of people who really come from a strange place. But, you know, people who just come from a reform background where they didn't have any particular Jewish observance and they became fully from Jews and found meaning in the from community, 
that's a, a simple story, and it's with uh, so many thousands and thousands of times. Who who among us don't don't know Bali Chuva or children of Bali Chuva who came to Yiddishkeit from from nowhere? And those are the simple stories that people they can't relate to the King of Swaziland, but they can relate to a person who came from a reform background or not or a secular background and became from. And I think those are the simple stories, uh, the opposite stories of the one that's being told in this series, that I I wish you know could break through and be told in a uh, in a mass media way like uh, saying something else the extraordinary cells listen the fact that a person became non-religious hollywood and get excited about it. let's be let's be frank about it there's nothing to the story okay i don't like my lifestyle i don't like being with my husband my kids my community that's okay but here you have somebody who became a, a fashion icon okay who came from nothing they had no background at least that's the way it was portrayed in in fashion now all of a sudden as a top designer well they're going to pay attention to it yeah, so when you have an exotic that. story like i was in poland and you had a couple who were skinheads they were nazis they were white supremacists and they became Haredi jews and the headline was from skinhead to coverhead that could be a great hollywood story Zev, go for it. Jeff, you have all these connections in the media. I don't have you the Hollywood. I'm accused of it. I don't have the Hollywood connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, get some. Get some. We're counting on you. Zev. Go ahead, Rifkin. Um, if I may, sure. I think it's, um, unfortunately, it's the sensationalism. The That's what's selling. It's anything, the negative story, meaning the part where she talks about leaving and she in talking about being a victim, okay? But then it's the Kardashian-esque story of it. And again, how many people, you know, leaving a marriage, any marriage, religious or not religious, marrying a billionaire, an Italian billionaire, right? So the whole story is, wow, exciting, like marrying the prince. That's how people are seeing it. And I think that's why it's going to sell. And that's why people are excited. And hearing all the, you know, her description of I was all covered up and all the things that she's portraying as negative, where those of us, Orthodox women, and obviously the men, you know, those of us in the firm world see that as the beauty of our community or, you know, um, why people are, thank God, I'm married almost 29 years. You know, why we have these Baruch Hashem, you know, 50-year marriages and, you know, good things to share in beautiful families and larger families and grandparents at a young age. That's not a negative. I'll, I'll tell you even more. I didn't finish. I didn't finish college, by the way, for a moment. I'll just digress to this piece of it. I got married. I did get married very young. I wouldn't change, uh, uh, you know, anything, any of those decisions that I made. I'm grateful. I have five children, can I? I have grandchildren. I have a business with 20 employees. We're national, international, Baruch Hashem. It, Let's it's give it a good plug. It's, uh, finer grand strategies where you help people write grants. We're, we're very fortunate that, as people have said, my business is helping people. Meaning, in my you know community activism life, I try to help as many people as I can. I, I've said that I would help every single person that calls me if I had the, whether it's the dollars to give or the bandwidth to give, I really do love helping people. that you know, I'm grateful that that's the position that we're in, whether it's through the business where we help people get, whether it's food or workforce development or after school programs or all kinds of great things we're able to do. But in my personal life, I feel that as well. But again, my point is I didn't finish college and I'm pro pro education. I'm not saying that I, I shouldn't have finished college. My daughter got her degree by 20. My son in, while in yeshiva got his degree. So I'm not anti education. I'm just saying that what we have is beautiful and I wouldn't give up or change a thing the way we did it. And there are many success and women happy with their lives. And what Rabbi Shaffron was saying, I don't believe the media is interested if it's just a positive story or someone who, you know, uh, now came toward Yiddishkeit, toward from, toward keeping Shabbos, the beauty. That's not exciting enough for them to put on Netflix. Uh, but it would be exciting if she came from a background where she was, 
you know, doing something completely different and she gave up being a fashion Harris or gave up being a fashionista or, or whatever it might be or former Nazi. And, and there are stories like that which would capture the imagination. It's the extremes that get the... You're right, exactly. The extremes was actually Peter Peter Santanella, if I'm going to say his name right, who did a whole bunch of series on video about the Hasidic community. And I remember one woman, he met a woman who was a Balas Chuva, and she said she, she was musical. She really played like real bands. And you would look at her, you would never know. She was in a tichel and a, and she was describing why she left and how much she loves this life of, you know, being an Orthodox Jewish woman. And she still used her music in, 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 with women. In other words, in women's circles, teaching women to play, whatever. She, she, you know, didn't want to leave that, um, you know, her, her talents and what she had behind. She channeled it into some way that she was able to use it in orthodoxy, not that she left it and abandoned it, but she didn't do it publicly. Like she wasn't singing, obviously, in front of men. You know, that part of it was gone. But she, but she came toward us and, and loves and being a part what, of And that's what excites me. Like, for example, there's a young man who is an Orthodox Jew who now is taken into the uh, major leagues baseball and it's all over the media. He's not playing on Shabbos and they show him wearing a yarmulke. The media is eating it up. That's the kind of stuff the media likes. We got to find, if we were going to complain about what they're portraying, we also have to maybe give them some, something, some steak, some sizzle. So they would want to bite onto it, take a bite out of it. And I think they would if it's presented. And then maybe that's something which we should all be striving to do is show the beauty of the community. And the only way to do it is not just saying, okay, it's we don't like this piece, but maybe give them something else to say here. Here's something that you can put your ha hang your hat on. And That's I think in I a do. more immediate way, we can also, uh, Mrs. Feiner had a wonderful idea about just getting out there on social media, people um, from people, men and women, and women in particular, because the other ones are always portrayed in a negative way, simply stating for to the public, to as broad a public as can be reached, that I'm an Orthodox woman and, and, uh, and this is my, that my life is like this. Just a, a one, one or two minute description of why they are joyous over being Orthodox and, and how they're not being oppressed and they're being enlightened. They're being, they're being, uh, you know, they're, they're being fulfilled. And, uh, you know, I think that, that we can't, we, not, we may not be able to fight Goliaths like Netflix, but what we can do is on the grassroots level also try to put forth um, in terms of numbers, if not if not the visibility of, of of the highest sort, like a like a TV series, at least put out there that there's that people should have images of from people that do not fit the stereotypes that that I, this kind of series. I agree. Does. We have a few of them, but certain pub the problem is certain publications in the from world can't print the pictures of women or highlight it the way it should be, and that's something which I guess is thrown back. No, we don't need we don't need print. We don't need this in print. It can be done on social media, and I don't know of any social media. Um, outlets that would not uh, publish, uh, you know, a, 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 video, a short video from a woman dressed properly. I don't think that would be a problem. You know, you're talking mainly about the newspapers or magazines. That's not the place anyway. The place is, is out there in social media. I don't, I'm not a social media maven, so I don't really know what the options are and how to go about it. But I think that's the key here is to get masses of from Jews out there in the in the eye of those who follow social media and to fight it on the grassroots level rather than trying to aim at the top and topple Netflix to get them to to make a you know a series that portrays us in a positive way. Anyway, but, but if I can interject, I was going to say we need to do both. You got to do the social media oh, absolutely. and the Instagram, no problem. but go after right. Netflix, go after all these major companies. Right, man. I agree. But I was saying the more immediate reaction. You know, this, right. there's a long term. You have to have a long term plan and a, and a short term, -term strategy. Plan. Before I let you go, Rifki Farn, you said you knew. Julie 
Julia Hart, who's the woman portrayed in the My Own Orthodox Life on Netflix. So, again, just to reiterate, she's being portrayed as a Haredi woman, but she did she come from, or was she considered more modern Orthodox than Haredi from what you can see? I would tell when, when we grew up, I remember her parents, she, she was born in Moscow. When they came at a very young age, they came to other parts of America until they came to New York. Um, from regular, meaning, you know, to me, she was dressed in the from in school. That's how they looked. The mother, for sure, she was, she was in Beisakov. Her mother was my Beisakov teacher. But I'm saying not Hasidic. You know, when I hear ultra-Orthodox and Haredi, I, I think Hasidic, it sounds all the way to the right. And that's not what I recall. And then seeing her married, you know, years after, um, look, I wouldn't say modern Orthodox, Orthodox. But again, I hate all the different names because, you know, everyone sees that differently. Um, but regular, never extreme. In other words, what she's describing, everything is extreme. And that's not how I remember her at all or the family or the family. They lived, you know, when she said she didn't live in her own room, she had a big family. She came from a large family. There were, I think she was the oldest and a lot of kids. But they can, they lived in a beautiful big house. She was not in some cramped little place. That's not how she grew up. And I do want to just mention one more thing about what Rabbi Shafrin just said. Um, I do like, I, I put out of the hashtag a little bit today, proud Orthodox Jewish woman. I think that it does need to get out there. The one thing that I see is not women in general, and certainly in, in our firm world, it's Hatsnea Lechas, Hatsnea Lechas. That, that it's not just modesty in how you dress, but that people keep the stories quiet. Like if someone gives a lot of tzedakah or the tremendous tzedakah organizations, charity organizations, community service that is done in our communities unparalleled. But we don't want that on the front pages. That's just not who we are and that's not how we do things. However, as a result of seeing, seeing and hearing these stories, we do have to come out with some sort of, you know, what the women are doing. And even if you get 20 or 50 or 100 different women with their orthodox uh, proud orthodox Jewish woman, two lines, you know, I'm happy and I do this. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever their position is, there's such diversity. And I explain this to people who don't understand the orthodox world. There's diversity within the orthodox world. Absolutely. Major diversity. Absolutely. Major, major diversity. We're out of time. I want to thank you, Rabbi Avi Schaffer, Director of Public Affairs for Good Israel of America, Rifki Finer, CEO of the Finer Grant. Uh, she's also a, I should say, Finer Grant Strategies, and she's also a community activist and involved with so many different Jewish organizations. Thank you for sharing with us. We're looking at my unorthodox life from an orthodox perspective. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zevin, and thank you, Mrs. Finer, for joining. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. Thanks so much. Talk Line Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talk Line Network and Talk Line's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thank you for listening to Talkline Communications Network, America's leading Jewish radio and TV network since 1981. For continuous, non-stop Jewish broadcasting, please go right now online to TalklineCommunications.com. For more information on all of Talkline's Jewish radio and TV shows, please call 212-769-1925 or email info at TalklineCommunications.com. Our 24-hour day listen line is 605-562-5174. That's 24-hour day listen line, 
562-5174. Thank you for listening.